This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Nurses have jobs that require so much emotionally, but you get so much in return. Today we're going to touch on two specialties where life and death hangs on the line every day, and a patient's nurse becomes their lifeline for both physical and emotional recovery. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together we are going to explore the nursing profession. With exclusive interviews from nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Happy Halloween, guys. It is officially the beginning of the best time of the year. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and a new College Handoff episode. So today we are going to hear from Emily Miller, one of the many unsung nurse heroes that we have in the world. Emily is a burn nurse working with patients who have begun the long and painful recovery following severe burns. Then we'll hear from Kimmy Stevenson, a transplant nurse. She's going to talk about what she does and how she helps patients going through such a hard time in their life. So now we have Emily Miller here on the phone. Emily, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing super, super good. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. Um, So my name's Emily, and I'm a fairly recent graduate from BYU. I graduated last April 2019, so I've been a nurse a little over a year now. Um, I am currently working as a burn nurse at Parkland Hospital in Dallas. Um, It's my second job in the hospital since I graduated. I um, was in Kansas City because they have a burn unit at University of Kansas Hospital, and um, because of my husband's job, we had to transfer locations. So uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to work in Burn again, which is really awesome. So uh, that's what I've been up to. Awesome. Can you tell me about being a Burn nurse? I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Um, burn is a specialty, um, kind of an offshoot of trauma nursing, I guess. Um, but we're inpatient compared to like an emergency department nurse, which um, just stabilizes and sends people where they need to go. Um, so we deal with patients from anything from like uh, like a flame burn or like uh, like a gas fire, things like that, to like a grease burn or like a scald burn from hot water. We deal with people from like, that are in car accidents even with like friction burns. Like if you get a bad bad enough road rash, we treat it. Similarly, um, we get people who have frostbite. Um, we treat those patients as well, and we treat patients with Stephen Johnson's or TENS, um, so an adverse reaction to any medication. So basically, any kind of patient that has a traumatic skin breakdown okay. would be a good way to categorize burn nursing. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What is the hardest thing about being a nurse for patients that are dealing with traumatic injuries like what has that been like um it's been it's really interesting because now that I've had like two different burn unit experiences my first unit I was ICU this unit right now I'm currently working acute care and 
hoping to get back into the ICU setting. So I've kind of seen it from both angles. I think the hardest part about caring for those patients who have a lot of physical but also emotional and mental trauma, especially for burn, is that sometimes I feel like the cares that we have to provide, like the wound care that we do and, you know, making them move and get up with therapy so that they don't end up having contractures and a reduced quality of life. Those things that are necessary for our care um, ends up feeling like we're adding more trauma almost to their experience. Um, I think that's the hardest part. Um, Knowing that like everything we're doing is to help them, but it's an awful experience like the whole time they're in the hospital Um, And seeing these patients that we work with so intimately suffering because of what we're doing to them, even though we know it's the right thing to help them heal, um, is really hard. I guess I kind of want to transition a little bit. While still talking about your job, we've talked a lot about how hard it can be and how emotional it can be, not only as a nurse, but also as an educator and seeing these these patients struggle so hard it it must take an incredible amount of empathy and compassion and i wanted to ask you what is your favorite part about your job what is the most fulfilling and enjoyable part that you get to do each and every day i love that um i consider my patients in every way that i'm not just um seeing them in a snapshot of their time um but that I'm here with them throughout their the beginning of their healing process. I love that I can care for them physically, but also emotionally and mentally. Um, that because of their complex needs and issues, I can help address those. I love that I can help them in every way. And... We have, on my unit, we have an ICU, we have an acute care side, we have our clinic. And so we get patients that come and we can see them in the clinic later on, you know, months later. And so we get to see them from start to finish um, throughout their burn journey and help them along that journey, not just in a physical way, but also like through compassion and through um, the Christ-like care that we show them. Yeah. And speaking of, I guess, specifically the burn specialty as a burn nurse, is there anything that a nursing student could start doing today? Any specific skills or talents that they should start developing to be better prepared to be a burn nurse one day? Probably wound care (laughs) and not necessarily like knowing how to do wound care, but being comfortable with wound care um, because we see a lot of um, gross things. I love it, but we see a lot of gross things. And um, people talk about sometimes like burn units have like a burn smell, like burn wound smell of a certain way. Um, And so just, you know, making sure that you're comfortable with that so that, you know, when you see something, you're not going to go all bug eyed and like make a face and like, you know, (laughs) that you're going to be able to handle that. Because, I mean, your patient doesn't want to see you <laughs> react like that. I mean, they're already having a hard time with, you know, their body image and, like, what's going on with them. So I think being comfortable around wounds is a big thing. But also um, electrolytes, knowing, you know, what is your normal ranges and what's your abnormal ranges and what are 
symptoms of, you know, being too high or too low in different electrolytes because electrolyte balance is a really critical issue for burn patients. And I think just being able to balance the, the physical and the emotional sides of nursing, um, not, not just focusing on the physical tasks that you can do, but remembering that you're caring for a patient and not just um, a body. A lot of these students seem to have these passions for very specific and broad specialties. And you being somebody who's graduated from the BYU nursing program really recently, what advice do you have for students that are looking for or that are looking to get into very specific specialties like burn nursing or something similar? I think just reaching out to those um, within that specialty Um, making yourself known, wanting to, you know, show your passion and invest in like in the progress of that space. And so the, really the only reason I got a job where I do now is because um, I shared with the current unit I'm on, I shared with them my passion for burn that I had um, started um, experiencing and sharing why I loved what I was doing and why I wanted to learn more. And I think that in applying for jobs and then looking for opportunities, just giving off that energy that you want to not only like improve your own nursing practice and learn a lot and grow a lot individually as a nurse, but also you're hoping to add a lot to the unit itself and to your coworkers and the environment that you'll work in. Those are all things that, um, managers really want to see and can really contribute to the overall atmosphere of the unit. So I think if, uh, if there's anything specific that someone wants to do, I, I say totally they should go for it and they should um, not shy away from showing that passion and that uh, like inspiration, I guess. Yeah. Emily, I'm sure after listening to this conversation, there are going to be people that are more curious about burn nursing and becoming a burn nurse one day. Is there a way, whether through email or LinkedIn, that some students could reach out to you to ask you more questions about burn nursing in case they had more? Yeah, totally. I love to talk about burns. <laughs> um, so my LinkedIn is just Emily Crow Miller, Crow like the bird. Um, and I'm a BYU alumni so, or alum, so it should be pretty easy to find me. Um, but my email also, if anyone's interested, is emily.crow.miller at gmail.com. So same thing, crow like the bird. And anyone could feel free to contact me because I would love to talk about burns. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for talking to us, Emily, and, and taking the time during your busy schedule. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, friends, have you ever wanted to work closely with a nursing professor outside of class? Mentored learning experiences are now available and you can be hired as a research assistant and participant in research or evidence-based practice projects. You may even have opportunities to co-author a journal article, create a research poster, or participate in a nursing conference. To find the openings, go scan the QR code on the fourth floor display case across from the student lounge, or visit nursing.byu.edu and search faculty specialties. Hey guys, what's up? It's Emily. Today I'm here with Kimmy Stevenson and she works as a nurse at Primary Children's in the cancer ward. So how's it going, Kimmy? I'm good. How are you doing? 
doing so good. So good. So could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so once again, my name is Kimmy. I graduated from BYU last year um, in 2019, so not so long ago. I am originally from California, but I stayed up in Utah after school. So I work up at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City, and I am on the cancer and transplant unit there. So we take care of um, all cancer diagnoses from Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, and Nevada oftentimes as well. So we take care of a pretty wide geographic region. Wow, that's amazing. So why did you choose to work in this area in particular? So I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare. And then my aunt passed away of breast cancer when I was in high school. And about the time that she passed away, my dad was also diagnosed with cancer. Oh, wow. And I was in just a high school anatomy class, and there was an extra credit project for the cancer unit, um, which happened to, it kind of all came at once because the cancer unit was as we had gotten my dad's diagnosis. And, oh, wow. Um, but we were given the opportunity to do some sort of service project. So my mom and I had seen this story on the news about this lady in Florida who made tutus and superhero capes for the cancer units down there. So we contacted her and got her templates and everything. And we started making these tutus and superhero capes for Children's Hospital Los Angeles for their bone marrow transplant unit and cancer unit. And I had a friend who was a nurse practitioner in the unit. And so she let me come and meet with the child life specialist. And as a 16-year-old, I got to go room to room and give these kids their tutus and help them try them on and see their faces light up. Um, so I decided well before I went to nursing school that I wanted to be in oncology. That's super awesome. Um, so give us an idea of what a day in your life looks like. Sure. Um, so it's the normal 12-hour hospital shift. Primary says 7 to 7. And because our kids can be pretty sick, you usually have a two-patient assignment is kind of the most common thing. So I'll get into work. I work days and nights and get reports, kind of see the plan for the day. And our kids that are being treated inpatient, they're either getting a chemotherapy that they can't get in clinic. Maybe it's a higher risk one or it runs over a longer amount of time or takes more monitoring because of side effects. Um, so they might be there for chemo. They might be there because they had chemo and we're waiting for their white blood cell counts to come back up. So we just call that count recovery. Or they could be coming in with a fever. They've been at home and they got an infection, so they come in. Um, we also do bone marrow transplants. So they'll be there as they prepare for their bone marrow transplant with that chemotherapy regimen, the actual transplant, and then taking care of them as we wait for them to engraft in any like potential complications. Mm -hmm. So my day kind of depends on what uh, patient I have, if, if they're there for chemo, if they're there for fevering. Um, I, you get chemo certified at about six months of being on the unit. So I'm chemo certified now so I can administer any of their chemos, um, give them their antibiotics, watch for side effects and infections. I'm not bone marrow transplant trained yet. You do that at about a year 
Um, we also give a lot of blood transfusions. So mm-hmm. that's a plug to uh, make sure everybody is donating when there's um, like the Red Cross donations and drives around you because we give blood and platelets all day long to our kids. So that's kind of, I feel like the usual. And then sometimes there'll be kids that are really sick or might go septic from an infection that they have. So you have to watch for that. But mostly it's giving them chemo and then treating the side effects of the chemo that we give them and preventing infection. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do as a transplant nurse as well? Yeah, absolutely. So on our unit, like I said, we take care of all cancer diagnoses. It's it's the cancer blood and transplant unit. So we mm-hmm. have all of the cancers, any hematological disorders, um, like clotting disorders, anemia would come to us. And then for transplant, we take care of the kidney transplant patients and the liver transplant patients. So so other transplant patients would be somewhere else in the hospital. Um, and I think eventually primaries is going to make a unit specifically dedicated to these kidney and liver kids, but for now they still come to us. So um, they'll be with us beforehand and then they'll go down, they'll have their transplant. They go to the ICU for a little bit where they can be under closer watch and then they come back to us and we'll take care of them on the unit. Um, so we don't see it quite as often as our oncology diagnoses, mm-hmm. but occasionally we will have a kid who is getting dialysis on the floor or who had a transplant or is prepping for one. Um, so it's a little bit different care than what we do with our cancer kids, but there, and there's a separate team of doctors that comes and rounds on them and treats them. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the reasons that they give them to us is that some of the similarities are like you have this risk for rejection. So they're on anti-rejection medications, immunosuppressive medications that our bone marrow transplant kids would be on. And our most of our, our children getting chemotherapy and who have cancer are on some sort of immunosuppressive medication as well at some point or another. So, mm-hmm. so there's kind of a few things similar medically. So I think that's one of the reasons that, that they come to us. I can only imagine that a lot of challenges do come with this job. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about some of the challenges you face? Sure. Um, so it goes without saying that that childhood cancer is is not always the happiest. Um, we have about an 80% survival rate wow. for childhood cancer, which is up uh, leaps and bounds from decades previously. But there's still so much work to be done. Um and that still means one in five of these children isn't making it. And and when it's and when it's not a statistic and it's one in five of these kids that you're so close with that you've had nerf gun wars with and play with and snuggle with, um, it really hits you hard. And this year has been particularly hard on our unit. We've lost a lot of children. In fact, one of our favorite little patients passed away about seven hours ago, just this morning. Um so it's not it's not always the easiest. It is very sad, but we really rely on each other and the support system we have between our staff. Um, I think helps us get through these more difficult times. 
Um, so what is your favorite part about your job? Um, it sounds like it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So there's, I say there's kind of two parts that I really love about it. Um, one is the medicine behind cancer is just fascinating. Cancer is the very worst thing and it is so sad, but it also is just really interesting, like scientifically, the mm-hmm. things that are going on in their bodies and the way that that we can treat these cancers and and with bone marrow transplants. And there's even, there's a treatment called CAR T cell therapy that we do occasionally, just a few times a year, but where they'll take out the T cells from one of these patients, bring them to the lab genetically, uh, modify them and then give them back to the patient to target these cancer cells. So there's just, it is super fascinating. Um, the treatments that we have and how these cancers work um, with each of these children. And then on the other side of that, I think our unit is really special because it's just very family oriented mm-hmm. and the kids are so close to each other and the parents are close to each other and the relationship that the nurses and and techs and doctors have with the patients is really incredible because they might be being treated for one year or two years so um, you know them really well and they're all friends so you'll see kids racing down the hall together in their little like toy tricycles and and parents getting their once quarantine started and they got stuck inside they'll like coordinate their DoorDash orders and do it together and things like that um so it's just I don't know, the, just kind of that, that family centered focus that we have on that unit is so special. Do you have a way that students interested in working as a cancer nurse, a transplant nurse, or students that just have questions can contact you? Yeah, sure. My email address is just the number one and then Steven S-T-E-V-E-N, 96 at gmail.com. So 1ksteven96 at gmail.com is my best email. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Yeah, sure. You know, Idia, I honestly really loved that interview that Emily did with Kimmy. I know for me, cancer is kind of a touchy subject, especially for maybe for a lot of other people it is as well. When I was on my mission, my mom got breast cancer and I'm so thankful for all those wonderful transplant nurses and nurses that worked with my mom during that time to help her get back to full health, which she is now. I'm so thankful, so grateful for it. And it's just another reason that I think nurses are incredible, especially transplant nurses, because they can really save lives. It's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And it's so cool that you can do things like that as a nurse. Seriously. But anyway, Halloween is this weekend. What What is your favorite Woo-hoo. part about Halloween? You told me it was your favorite holiday oh by far um all the things all of the things all the things <laughs> anything <laughs> Scary in particular movies uh haunted houses small children dressed up in costumes candy i could go on and on that that actually reminds me of a funny story i'd just gotten home from my mission from ecuador and i had i had spanish on the mind spanish everything and it was halloween day the day i got home and so that night, we were just kind of sitting at home. I was watching TV for the first time in two years. And um, somebody knocked on the door for trick-or-treats. And my mom was doing dishes so she couldn't go and do the trick-or-treating like she had been doing all night. So she asked me to do it. And I go up, open the door, and it's this cute little girl, probably two or three years old, in a cute little butterfly costume. And in my head, I'm like, wow, that's, like, really cute. I'm going to compliment her on her costume. 
So I go to compliment her costume and it comes out in Spanish. <laughs> and as soon as I say that, her mouth just drops to the floor. My mouth drops to the floor. She looks at me and just starts bawling her eyes out. She's all alone. Her mom is like down a little bit by the garage and she just starts bawling and running away. And <laughs> she didn't even take any of her candy. So that's kind of a sad to Halloween story, but I agree. I love the costumes. <laughs> I, I love trick or treating. Um, if you come to my house, I promise I won't make you or your kid cry. But that just kind of reminds me of a funny story. But Halloween definitely is one of my favorites. But I have, I think Thanksgiving takes the cake for me. I love mm. Thanksgiving. Okay, maybe we can do a poll on the Instagram. Oh, yes. We'll definitely have to we'll do that. See. But anyway, guys, we hope that you have a fun and a safe weekend this weekend for Halloween. Don't make any kids cry. Have an awesome time. Don't get coronavirus. And we will be back next week. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. Have a great weekend. Yeah.